When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I think we are recording. I believe we are. Let's do this thing. Episode 311. Shout out, David, your favorite band. It is January 5th, to January 5th, 2021, 2.07 p.m. Eastern Time. Got a new jacket that my mom got me for Christmas. Shout out, Mom. Um, uh, I'm going up to DC tomorrow, so there won't be uh, there won't be episodes uploaded for a couple days. I was gonna make a ton of like extra episodes and then like release them, which is what I normally do when I go out of town or something, just so it's like a steady, just constant flow of uh, episodes, uninterrupted. Um, but I just didn't. There's no really. I don't know why I built that up as like this is some big thing. This is why I'm not doing it. I just didn't. And I'm a moron because I've been doing like two episodes a day for the last week. I could have easily done that, but is what it is. So there will probably be an episode on like Friday or Saturday. Today is Tuesday. So yeah, there's going to be Wednesday, Thursday. There's going to be like three days of no episodes. And, and what a fucking ego I have to believe that anybody gives a shit. That there won't be a couple like, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to get by on this one. Like, it's not fentanyl. Like, it's it's my shitty podcast. Fuck that. I love this podcast. This podcast is awesome. Um, also, by the next time I do an episode, I should have a different backdrop behind the flag. So it's all black. And then there will be a microphone boom or a stand or whatever the fuck it is. There will be a new shore microphone. It will have the, the pop shield thingy. Then it will also have this weird like semi-sphere around it that absorbs uh, all the other sound. And uh, so that will be cool. And I've got this Logitech 4K, and and that I think I can only film at 1080 on this computer. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until later this year that the M1 IMAX come out. At the very least, M1 16-inch Pro. Um, I definitely can't afford a Mac Pro, and I don't need that. Um, I don't think they're gonna upgrade the iMac Pro to M1. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll eat my words. I think it'll. They're probably gonna make an iMac. Pro, an iMac M1 or a 16-inch M1. None of that's important, though. So today's episode is something I wanted to do for a while. Oh, also, I made a, another email, uh, TPC Podcast Ideas. So just literally TPC Podcast Ideas at Gmail and uh, at ProtonMail. And you, if you have any ideas for a podcast, just email it there. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll get a response. Even if I like the idea and I do the podcast, I just... That's more so I made that as a dump, primarily for me, so I don't have all these stupid texts to myself that, like, don't make any sense, and it's like, it's like, BB five-minute download tungsten episode, and the next day I'm like, what the fuck is that, but actually that means it's Bunker Buster tungsten episode, there's a five-minute video I saw, but a lot of these ideas I get, I get great ideas for them, and then I, I make a note, and I put it on my wallet, but I also, like, I don't ever check anything like that, so it's retarded, I don't know why I do that. Um, so, but yeah, TPC podcast ideas at gmail.com. If you have any ideas, send them there. Um, 
Yeah, so the idea for today's episode is something that I don't want to give it a definitive title because I think defining it will hurt it or take it away from take away from it. But and I've I've, I've I've talked about it on here before concerning like UFOs. It, but it's what it is is like it's the powers that these fucking I have on some boxer briefs right now. They're so goddamn tight. They're cutting off the circulation in my body. So please excuse me. All right, take those off and just go commando on my sweatpants. Guess the real answer has been the real question has been answered. Am I wearing pants? Okay, let's just mess my pants. You know what? It's not that there's anything wrong with those barks or briefs. It's just that I'm a fat fuck. Um, but I call it loosely, you know, unofficially, the silhouette. And that's just what I've, I've noted it in my phone as is this idea I want to get at. Um, but it, that's not it. It's, yeah, it doesn't have a specific name. If you have ever been in a relationship where the, your partner was unfaithful or you've had friends that, you know, maybe weren't your friends or, or whatever, a job that eventually laid you off, whatever, someone that you made plans with and then they, they flaked on you, you can always look back and you can see these, like, breadcrumbs that individually don't make any sense, put all together, start to paint a picture. And I've been trying to, and I don't even know what it is I'm painting a picture of, right? It's like, um, you can look back in like, in like the field of science as they approach these like discoveries, almost like something circling a toilet bowl as it gets closer and closer and closer. It kind of just keeps going around, but it doesn't quite hit the center until it finally goes in is... How do I word this? I feel like this jacket is making a lot of noise. Um, it goes... And as they get closer and closer and closer to it, right? Or it's kind of like when you watch a CSI episode. And once you know who the bad guy is... Well, I mean, those are all those kind of a formula for those shows. So you can kind of figure those out anyway. Um, but you can kind of go back and see... Oh, yeah, this, right? Or like watching like Inception or something. Or... Like Hateful Eight by Tarantino, you can kind of go back and you see, like, uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You see the clues before, and see, yeah. Or it's, you know, the the discovery that like the Earth wasn't flat. You can go back and you can see them like, oh, they're brushing up against it. They don't know it yet, though, right? Um, or a video game where there's a betrayal or whatever. Right, you can go back and you see them, but and until they know what the answer is, they can't see the irony of all those like breadcrumbs or like what I call like the silhouette. And one thing I and I've used this analogy before. I remember my grandma used to show us that, like, if you took like a quarter or something, and you like put it down, and then you took a piece of paper, and like pressed it flat over it, and then if you like. Not a pencil like the tip, but if you could ever, like, find just a piece of lead and break it off. So it's, you know, like, maybe, I don't know, an inch long. 
And then if you took it, like held the paper down with one hand, kind of like spread it tight. That's what she said and put it over. That's not what my grandma said. And then you shaded it in. At first you'd start really lightly. I just hit myself. Jesus Christ. You'd start really lightly and you'd go over it. And like the first thing that would automatically happen is let's just say you're, you're making a backwards arc, almost like a windshield wiper. So the first thing, obviously, is you see this uniform shade of lead that you're depositing onto the paper. Just, just slight, you know, that's the first thing. The next thing you'll see, the very first thing you'll see are the edges of the quarter, the ridges. And those will be a little darker because those obviously stick up more. They don't have anything. They, they are the, they're something that the paper can't go farther against, whereas all the other air around it, the, the paper gives. So it doesn't, the, the impulse of the specific impulse doesn't, doesn't drive back up the normal force back up against the lead and cause a greater deposition of lead. It's instead you get that light shading. And then as you go around the quarter, the ridges, and it's obviously metal, you start to you get harder and harder. And those will often be like the darkest parts of the whole thing you're shading. The next you'll start to maybe see like the relief of like Washington or something. And then as you push harder and harder and harder, you can start to see like other, uh, other details, maybe like the mint number, maybe like the date, whatever. And it's, you can do that for anything, but, and we, and we know what a quarter is. And obviously this is something that we went into consciously, like here's a quarter, let's cover it up and then shade it. But if you didn't, if you had no conception of what a quarter was, what it looked like, not even that it's like, maybe it's a foreign coin. I mean, let's just say like you have no conception of coins. Let's just, those are an alien thing to you. In hindsight, you could look back at it and describe it as I'm describing it. The ridges, the relief, the, the, the mint, the whatever. But in that moment, when you were discovering it for the first time, subjectively you're learning that sin is not real or he is real fuck you but as you're going over it with this lead you would start to just kind of get crumbs the first thing would be like oh i'm drawing on paper and then you'd be like oh there's a circle under here and then it would be oh there's a face or, or whatever all right it's but you're just Getting the, it's kind of like when people do those things where they paint a face upside down and at the last second they flip it over and it was like cool the first time someone did it. When you watch it now, you know what's happening. But the first time you're like, what is this? So you have to put yourself into that subjective first time, right? And as you go over this coin, you, you, there's a circle, there's a face, there's some numbers, whatever. I just spit on my screen, Jesus. Um... As you go over it, you start to you start to make out these images or an image or whatever. And you don't know what it is, and you might start wrongly guessing what it is. It's, it's a UFO, or it's a it's a it's a tomato, or it's a it's a it's the sun. All things that are just kind of circular ish. And then, obviously, as it went on, you would start to see that it's the face, that it's a quarter, and then in the future when you did it again. You would always, uh-huh, yeah, okay, this is the quarter, there's the, yep, there's the edges, there's the, da, da, da. and it starts to make a lot more sense. And you realize that it's not that this, that the truth was sprung on you and it was evading you. 
or it was uh, it was muddying the waters or diluting your perception, but rather that you are slowly perceiving the truth. So you see that nothing else changes, though, right? Again, when you go back and you watch a movie again, you realize that none of the none of the hints were ever hiding from. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You just didn't know until you know until you knew. But you go back again and you're like, oh, they were right there in plain sight. So I've had this idea for what right now the early, I mean, and I'm sure if I actually looked in more into this, I could probably flesh it out. And maybe I will, if you, if you can help flesh it out or drop a link in the comments or something or whatever, just anything to kind of help me put this thing together. But it's this idea of the powers that be and Sure, we could probably go back to, like, ancient man, right, and find all these, like, millennial-long conspiracies, but let's not do that. Let's just, for the sake of this podcast, and, yeah, let's just kind of keep it in America in the last 150 years, because that's at least where it's, like, you know, Genghis Khan isn't irrelevant, in that his actions, as well as anyone else's actions, did impact the world and ripple effect through the centuries and millennia over miles and continents, both space-time, really four-dimensional ripples. It does affect your life, just like you can't put your head in the sand and say, I don't care about politics. It's, I think it was Al Gore. Don't turn your back on politics, or politics will turn its back on you. But point being is those... But not really what what I'm talking about. You know, I'm kind of talking about World War One, World War Two, Cold War, nine eleven, two thousand eight, COVID, election. So I'm just going to keep it at that. You know, when you're learning about like when you're learning like nuclear physics one hundred and one in chemistry, and not in any intelligent way. It's just like one of the fucking chapters you got to go over where it's like, what is decay? What is the fucking structure of the atom? You don't necessarily have to go back and learn about Isaac Newton. You're right. It's like you, you don't need the full buildup for it, right? You don't need the full background information. You know, if you want if you want to be in on an inside joke, I don't need to go back and say in the beginning there was nothing and God said let there be light. Like, no, I just got to fill you in on like the you know this inside joke about whatever Deborah at the water cooler. So this this whole thing is again trying to sort of piece the pieces together, and I can find four notable quotes. There are a lot of other ones, but that I that I either don't know are real, or I don't know whether or not they're real or fake. And furthermore, like I or I like I, I don't know the, I don't know what yeah, I don't know whether or not they're real or fake. There are probably more out there that I don't know of, but there are some definitive ones made by um, people that do carry weight with them 
I've really got to pee, and there's no one here to hold the gap. So 30 seconds. I don't know. Do whatever you want. powers that be the powers that be so the four quotes are from um jfk eisenhower smedley butler and fuck what did i just do why is it all how come some I, sometimes i just bump the camera and it loses all focus just focus right here Focus right here. Come on. Just. I don't know what I did. I somehow just paused recording. Whatever. We're back doing it. So. The first and most recent is uh, is JFK. Obviously, you know, they iced him. Right. There's a plot in this country to enslave every man, woman, and child. Before I leave this high and noble office, I tend to expose. I tend to expose this plot. Seven days before his assassination, Dwight D. Eisenhower, on his last day. Jesus fucking Christ! How did I really need a new computer set up? Dwight D. Eisenhower on his last day in office. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper, may prosper together. Go back one step further. Smedley Butler, the most decorated Marine in U.S. history, went from enlisting to uh, Major General. I spent 33 years and four months in the active military service, and during that period, I spent most of my time as a high-class muscle man for big business, for Wall Street, and the bankers. In short, I was a racketeer, a gangster for capitalism, 
I helped make Mexico and especially Tampico safe for American oil interests in 1914. I helped make Haiti and Cuba a decent place for the National Citibank boys to collect revenues in. I helped in raping. I helped in the raping of half a dozen Central American uh, republics for the benefit of Wall Street. I helped purify Nicaragua for the International Banking House of Brown Brothers in 1902 to 1912. I brought light to the Dominican Republic for the American sugar interests in 1916. I helped make Honduras right for the American fruit companies in 1903. In China, in 1927, I helped see to it that Standard Oil went on its way unmolested. Looking back on it, I might have given Al Capone a few hints. The best he could do was to operate his racket in three districts. I operated on three continents. So, JFK was in 63. Eisenhower was in 54, I think. No. He would have been in 60. Smedley Butler, that was in 1933. And now Woodrow Wilson in 1919. Since I entered politics, I have chiefly had men's views confided to me privately. Some of the biggest men in the United States, in the field of commerce and manufacture, are afraid of something. They don't know what that something is. They know that there is a power somewhere, so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, so pervasive, that they better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. So three presidents, one four-star general, and then Smedley Butler, the OG. Smedley Butler's is a little more open. It's just, there's really no conspiracy around it. It's just like, yo, no, even like the highest tiers of the government, we're just, we're just goons. We're just mafia goons. We wave a flag. And this is, and I'm not saying that in some edgy way of military, you're the biggest terrorist organization in the world. You know, follow my Twitter. No, it's it's just that's what he's saying. I mean, Dwight, five-star general, right? Was he a five-star? Yeah. I mean, and what he said about the military-industrial complex. JFK, I think the, the, the plot he was referring to was communism. Woodrow Wilson's is a little more, uh, a little more eerie, but the reality is, is they all are pointing to this, this massive creature of finance, academic, education, research, political, social, religious, philosophical, cultural, musical, cinematic. It's this this fucking and when I say creature, I don't mean an, an actual creature, but to me, it helps it it helps put a sort of structure on it that allows me to see it for what it is. So I, I call it this thing. It's and the way they describe it is it doesn't sound necessarily like the invisible hand of the market, right? Where it's there's no one really behind it. And relatively, I know there's a lot of fucked up shit in capitalism, but I just mean in general. You know, every consumer isn't getting together and be like, let's now all start pushing for a better phone. No, you just get a phone that costs less money, has a higher refresh rate, a higher resolution, more memory, better battery life. And then you get that one. It's That's the invisible hand in the way that evolution is. Evolution of finches, of tortoises, of fucking whatever. It just... There's no pushing it. It's more so uh, a face that we've put on a process. Um, 
right? It's like a, it's like the hydrophobic force in in cellular biology. It's not that there's this. Uh, it's not that there's this force pushing every. It's not that everything gets together and says we hate water so much as that there are general, uh, I guess, chemical friction with water pushes them all into one area, which is why you get these glumps of things, and it looks like they're all hiding from the water together. Um, again, in cellular biology, the one thing I learned a lot in cellular biology in like my last semester of college was this entire time I would always read about, and the pancreas does this, and then the liver will do that, and the retina and the cones will do this, and the spinal cord will do that. And without ever thinking about it, I always just kind of looked at it as like this higher up this like CEO of the body was like, we're going to do this now. And, you know, it's Q2 and now we're going to push this. And it's just, but then as you go into cellular biology, you realize that like, there's no conscious force behind any of it. It's all just this delicate game of dominoes of just bouncy balls of equal and opposite reactions. And these complex proteinous, proteinaceous and like glycoproteins and proteoglycans. And it's just this complex system of, of push and pull and, and keys and locks and, 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 and membranes and, um, fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, gradients and impulses. And it's just, it's, again, it's this delicate, again, it's kind of like evolution. You're like, man, how could, how could the, you know, how could the earth be so wise as to create giraffes to eat from high trees? And it's like, no one, was behind it it was just this thing right how did the snowflakes know to gather together and turn into a big snowball and it's like they didn't it's just like a couple stuck together and started rolling down a hill um these things just kind of happened in the same way where you know the the delicate seemingly infinite complexity of the biosphere it's like and it's everything, you know, everything from like a, the dead plankton in Australia affecting like the amount of dew in the morning fog in like the upper Arctic circle of Alaska. It's it's all connected, but it's not necessarily this master plan. Maybe it is. That being said, this thing that these four individuals are talking about, President Woodrow Wilson, uh, Major General Smedley Butler, Smedley Darlington Butler, badass name. Five-star general and President Dwight D. Eisenhower and President John F. Kennedy. They're all talking about this thing that seems to not be um, a natural process. And to tie it back in, so when I said I think this is a creature, it's in the same way. It's I, I was drawing a comparison and contrasting to the invisible hand of the market where it's or evolution or cellular biology where those do seem to be this this force and so we call it the invisible hand or we call it the creator or we but the reality is we're putting this name on something that is actually just this natural process and there's really no grand plan to it what these four men spoke of does seem to be more akin to a creature in that you know, if you just give in to your body, you sleep in, you're going to eat all the shitty food, you're going to watch porn and go back to sleep. Like, you have to force discipline to create things. This this entity, this power, this shadowy, monolithic, what we would call the deep state, Illuminati, 
powers that be, the elite, the council, the 13 families, the whatever, Club of Rome, Council on Foreign Relations, the Fed. It's all, it's very much unnatural in that it's not the will of the people. It's not, again, why did it back, let's only say we had free elections back when this person won, um, it seemed that, you know, there wasn't this grand conspiracy for all of us to vote together. We're just like, you know, admit like when I was 18, I voted for Obama. You're like, yeah, here's this guy. We just came at, we're in this, this, this quagmire in the Middle East, spending trillions of dollars, thousands of people dead. We came out of 9-11, came out of the 2008 financial crisis. Bush is stupid. Cheney is fucking evil. You're like, yeah, here's this young upcoming guy who smokes pot and says hope and change. And you're like, hoorah, let's do this shit. That sense I do think there's been, I think we're learning that there's been election fraud for decades now. I do think that Obama legitimately won, like him or not, I I think he won. Um, this thing that President Woodrow Wilson, Major General Smedley Darlington Butler, President and Five-Star General Dwight D. Eisenhower, and President John F. Kennedy, this thing that they're talking about, this this piece of lead that we're shading over, or this piece of lead we're using to shade over this quarter. It seems that there is this thing that is not... It's not, it's not the invisible hand of the market. It's not the perceptual intelligence behind evolution or Precambrian explosions or opposable thumbs or long necks. It's not, it's not hydrophobic forces. It's not the pancreas and the cell and the electron transport chain. It seems very much more like a disciplined thing that is going against the gradient, that is climbing the hill, that is reverse entropy. It is a conscious force working to the beach, the sand, no one deposited the sand to look like this. That's just the way the, the tide comes in and out versus a sandcastle that someone is very clearly upkeeping despite a rising tide or winds or whatever. That is an unnatural thing and it sticks out. It's this bump in this. It's this oddity amongst the evens. Alan Watts, everything's even, and there's something that's odd. It's odd because it sticks out. It's the it's the not fully hammered in nail, right? It's the loose hair. You pop up and you snip off. It's the thing sticking out. And just like the lead over the quarter, you can see this thing. You can see the sandcastle amongst the infinity of just rippled sand deposition. Apparently, I'm just using that word a lot today, deposition. Um, there seems to be this thing. And and this is like a fifth quote that I... There's like a fifth and a sixth quote that I wanted to use, but that I didn't necessarily nail down. Um, one was... Jimmy Carter supposedly said when raising money for his presidential library, he was autographing like a guitar or something. And someone asked him, what was it like to be the most powerful man in the world? And he said, I don't know. I don't think I ever was. That, and then there's another one that I remember listening to on Rogan in 2015 or 2016. I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about this, like, I forget who the guest was. They are talking about this sort of, like, upper 
bickerings amongst the senators. And one of the senators, it might have been Ron Paul, maybe it was Rand Paul, I don't remember. But one of them said, like, someone asked, they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, who's behind this? Who's running the thing that's causing this? And, like, the senator kind of outbursts, and he was like, no one even knows. Like, we don't know who's running the show. And it was this moment of, like, oh. And not in, like, oh, no one's in charge. It's just a shit show. No, it seemed like there's someone was in charge, but even they didn't know, right? If I'm... um Let's say I'm in Manhattan and there's like a low cloud level or a ceiling or whatever or a fog. When I'm on the street, let's say I can look up 20 floors and I'm like, whoa, look at all those. That's kind of like being on the ground level right now and looking up and seeing like, oh, the senators and the congressmen and women, like they, they're the ones pulling the strings. They're the tippy top. But then you go to the 30th floor and you, you can't really see the ground anymore. And you look up, but now you start to see maybe like the top of the Woolworth building or the, the Pan Am building. And you're like, oh, shit, I'm looking up at these peaks that the people down there don't even know exist. They think we're the peak. So then you go up there and then you start looking up and you see like the top of the Empire State Building and the Chrysler Tower. And you're like, what the fuck is it? Where are those? The guys below me see me. And they see me that the people on the ground can't see, but I see things that the guys below me can't see. So you go to the top of there and you see the top of the Freedom Tower. And you're like, what is this? And then you go to there and let's just say the Burj Khalifa was there. You'd be there and you'd be like, I'm looking up at this thing. And I'm like, what is that? Everyone else doesn't know. They just, they're like, yeah, that, they just see the base of another tower. But I'm looking up at this thing that the people below me can't see and the people below me see me but can't see the people below them and the people below them, can't, on and on. There are these tears. And I was thinking, like, what if there's, like, we have this conspiracy, us, the lay people, of, like, oh, it's all the bankers, it's Citigroup choosing Obama's cabinet, it's the military-industrial complex, it's war is a racket, it's men dare not speak above it in a whisper. It's a communist plot to enslave every man, woman, and child, blah, 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 blah. But what if you get up into those tiers? What if you get to the presidency and you start to see things that you're cleared on all this stuff, so all these compartmentalized things, you're like one of a handful that see it all, right? It's kind of like when Truman was in charge of like the fraud and like waste committee or whatever the fuck it was in world war ii to find where perhaps defense contractors were funneling money to something else and he was you know he i think he was a senator at the time and he was and he was kind of going across the land and find, you know kind of going through each state almost doing like an audit if i have that correctly it's it's painted in the, in the first couple of chapters of garrett graff's raven rock fantastic book but he talks about how he's finding these money trails to these things and they seemingly kind of just die off with no closure maybe somewhere in tennessee somewhere in new mexico these big kind of holes of money and he's like i am on the trail of some fraud like i'm about to stick these motherfuckers and as he's putting this thing together and as he's following these leads and putting this report together uh i think it is leslie groves who was in charge of the manhattan pro manhattan manhattan project it was he, Leslie Groves, um, 
uh, FDR, and there was one more. I don't remember who it was. There's probably Oppenheimer, but I think it was like the Secretary of War. Maybe Henry Stimson. So General Groves comes to Eisenhower, and he goes, you've you've stumbled across something that's known as Project S-1. And like, hey, you're basically like, you're doing your job really well. That's awesome that you found these, like, the, this fraud. Clearly, like, our smokescreen and uh, false trails are working in that uh, you, when looked at closely, you can't, can't actually find the end goal, which is good for us, right? But I got to stop you there, Chief, because you are on the trail of something that is purposely being hid. No, it's not fraud. Again, hey, pat on the back. Here's a, here's a participation trophy. You, you did, you, you done good, kid. But you can't go any further. Say no more. And Truman was like, uh, okay. And again, it wasn't just some CEO saying this to him. It was General Groves saying he said like me, FDR, and one other man know of this. And we are the only three on the planet that know the full picture. Maybe you could argue, um, oh, uh, Leo Szilard, the guy that came over from Germany to sort of warn about this. Leo Szilard used to drive around Edward Teller, which is just a weird Forrest Gump type moment. But um, he he stumbled across this thing and they were like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, no, 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 you can't look any further. And then when Truman was sworn in was sworn in as president, I think it wasn't until three days after he was sworn in that Leslie Groves came up to him. What the fuck smells so bad? Sorry. That's not what Stimson said. Maybe he did, but what Leslie Groves said was like, okay, like they briefed him in and uh, sorry, excuse me. So he was senator, right? And that's when he was on his trail, and then he would then he became vice president. And he still couldn't find closure on what was this thing that he found, this fantastic weapon. And he kind of, I'm putting words in his mouth, but I think he kind of let it go. Or maybe he was like me and he was like, what the fuck is that thing? But again, kind of, he was like, play your position, know your place, stay in your lane. And he just kept doing whatever. And FDR never really met with him until Truman got that like letter from like a runner at that weird like boys club bar. Or like the, you know, it was like the good old boys and it was like come to the White House immediately and he went and, you know, that's when, uh, that's when uh, FDR's wife was there and she was all like, you're the president now. And he said, what can I do to help you? And she said, what can we do to help you for you the one in trouble now? And he was sworn in, but it wasn't until a couple days. So not when he was a senator, not when he was VP. It wasn't until a couple days after he was sworn in as president that he learned of Project S-1. <clears throat> so he too was using using the lead to slide over the the quarter. And he he found that thing. And we know about all this because it's written about again Garrett Graff, Raven Rock, G-R-A-F-F. Garrett Graff, it's one of it's one of my favorite books of all time. I had him on this podcast. Fucking awesome. Fantastic book. But so there we see an example declassified and written about in that book of using the lead to go over the quarter. And we now know about it. But what you gotta think of is 
there were probably people like you and me, obviously a lot less access to information that probably had their own lead going over their own quarters. And maybe they were asking questions of like, what do you think was behind Pearl Harbor or when, you know, whatever. And then just like the men on the street looking up at the Woolworth building, looking up at the Empire State Building, looking up at the Burj Khalifa, Truman gets up there, finds this this trail and goes, what's going on here? Becomes uh, vice president, still doesn't see what's going on here, becomes president and st- still doesn't see what's going on. And then he learns. So what I'm putting forward is this idea of what are what if there are further... What if there are further leads over quarters that we don't know about, but that people up there do know about? Like if you could get into the, you know, maybe you get, go talk to Trump or whatever, Clinton or Obama or whoever. And, you know, what if they're like, so I'm following this trail of, you know, I'm looking at the defense budget and the black budget and they're telling me, you know, this is our, this is our declassified shit and only I know about this, but I'm, I'm seeing these guys in the same meetings I'm in and I'm like, who are they? Like, no one knows, no one, you know, and I'm looking at the body language of other generals and they're kind of, you know, talking to, or maybe it's like, yeah, maybe they're like, oh, and this guy seems like he's in charge or something. But they don't. They just we we don't ever hear about it because it's not the classified like an A bomb or something. What it is, it's a thing that's born black. And I think Annie Jacobson coined that term, but it means something that I think Vannevar Bush talked about. I said projects S two and S three, and leading up to S four, which is another weird one. That right, that first project that uh, Truman comes across and he's told it's called Project S one. We now know as the Manhattan Project, and it's out in where New Mexico. Or, yeah, New Mexico, the whole area, New Mexico, Nevada. And then what does Lazar say, Bob Lazar say in 89? He comes out and goes, there's something called Area S4. Is it Project S4? We don't know. Apparently, Vannevar Bush with some, uh, allegedly from Annie Jacobson's book, Area 51, talks about that uh, we carried out our own Mengele-esque or Unit 731-esque experiments out there and called them S2 and S3. But it seems like even these guys higher up sort of brush on to this thing, right? It's like what Lazar said. The people at Area 51 didn't know what he was doing because S4 was even more classified than Area 51. And like when you talk to people from Area 51, like no one knew that Area 51 existed. But once you got into Area 51, the people there were like, there are rumors that there is this other place that's a little more secretive that you got to take a bus with blacked out windows to where there are allegedly from uh michael what the fuck is his name um oh what is it's um fuck he has uh fuck he has he has a great speech on black budgets michael fuck shrat s-h-r-a-t-t s-c-h-r-a-t-t and he, t- he says that at S4, there are, like, actual, like, almost, like, little lanes, like, painted on the ground. And the security is so tight that, like, you can't, if even, if, like, if you step out of your lane, like, you'll be shot. And Eisenhower, not Eisenhower, Lazar talks about having guns all around 
and it was like don't you dare speak and it's just this but and that's a whole another episode for another time that whole weird game theory balancing act rubik cube of of using power to assert power but not knowing how to de uh, reverse engineer the power so this this whole a puppet using a puppet type thing that's a whole another episode for a whole another time point is with s4 is what if lazar had stayed there longer and gotten a lay of the land he said his partner was named barry what if you could somehow get in touch with Barry? And what if Barry is saying, like, yo, like, I think there's another place above this. And, like, you hear whisperings of it, right? Um, that's what I mean. That's what I'm getting at with this whole idea is I think that – I think we have our conspiracies of the elite and the Illuminati. And I think once you get to that level, they have conspiracies of – their alum like what if you get to the illuminati like the council of 300 or 13 families and you're meeting in some fucking dungeon under the vatican right just raping and eating children or whatever they do and what if you're in there and they're all whispering about like yo do you know like what's behind that door like no like i you know i thought we were at the top like yeah so did i like what if there are these conspiracies from conspiracies right it's like the idea of putting a, a, a launch pad on the moon and you would maybe like a, an Apollo astronaut. You're like, I thought we were at the top and we walked on the moon. And, and this is just, I'm making this up. But you know, I went there and there was like another NASA and it was like, there was like a gate around it, guys with guns or moon bl blasters, lasers. And they were like, no, you can't go. And it's like, there was another space program on top of the space program, right? It's you used a ladder and you got to the top of the ladder and found another ladder. That's what I'm kind of getting this vibe from. And that's why I call it the silhouette because you can only ever see just this, this thing moving at night. You're seeing it move on a, on a cloudy, moonless night. Just this, what is that? And it's, I mean, this is all speculation. You couldn't possibly know. Because if I know, then it's not the thing. So it's kind of this weird, it's it's, it's a cop-out because I don't have to provide evidence, right? But hey, this is my podcast. Go eat a dick if you don't like it. And that's not an insult. Maybe you like eating dick. That's fine. But it seems that there is this thing. And it's like, what what is that, right? It'd be like, it'd be like if you got to, uh, you were in a... Um, I don't know, like a Mach 1 fighter jet, right? And you're like, I thought we were the kind of like the whole, the the radio or the ground control story by Brian Shule about the SR-71. But what what if it was different? What if instead of him telling the story, what if it, you were telling the story as the Cessna pilot? And then you were like, yeah, man, I thought we were, you know, I'm looking around all these idiots, you know, farming and driving around tractors. And here I am in this propeller driven craft. And I'm like, I am the big dog. I can fly. And you're like, but dude, I heard this, like, these things on the radio. I think there was someone higher up than us going faster than us. And that's the commercial jet. But then you get to the guy in the commercial jet, and he's like, dude, I fucking heard on the radio that there was a fighter jet going higher and faster than us. But then you get to the the fighter jet, and he's like, dude, I heard about this thing called the SR-71. But, like, what if it kept going? What if you get to the SR-71, and they're like, yo... I heard these guys fucking calling in from this thing called the X-15, right? 315,000 feet Mach 7. 
and these guys might be like, dude, there are these guys calling in from something called the ISS. And now we're just fucking up because these things didn't all exist at the same time. But, you know, and then you get to the ISS, it's 220 miles up going at orbital speed. But then you call them and they're like, yo, I heard this guy say the eagle has landed and that the, the signal is coming from the moon. You'd be like, what the fuck? And then you get to the moon, right? And you're finding like, you know, you're like, dude, I heard these guys talking from Alpha Centauri. It seems that it just keeps going higher. And as we get to the top of these skyscrapers, you go to the observation deck, you're looking up and you're seeing another tower. And that's kind of what I'm getting from all of this is it seems that the rabbit hole might be deeper than even our wildest conspiracies. You know, you get to S4 and you're seeing the flying saucers and then like you're having some beers with the guys and you've kind of become one of the boys over the course of a decade. And every once in a while, one of them slips and they're like, you haven't seen the caverns. And you're like, the what? And you're like, the, the guy's drunk. And he's like, the caverns, they're, they're fucking two miles down, dude. There are these huge empires below us and they rule the world. And you're like, what the fuck? Somehow you get initiated into the caverns, right? And again... To you, Pope Francis and the Queen, you guys are wearing the face of an infant in some blood sacrifice as you're drinking adrenochrome, right? Some frazzle drip shit. And then you guys are talking and you're like, did you fucking see, like, what is that? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't have clearance for that. I think it just keeps going. You know, when I set out to do this podcast, I really was going to try to do this one a little factually. You know, with my quotes from presidents. And now here I am talking about Pope Francis and the Queen eating children in the Vatican. So clearly, this one went right off the rails. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, and I hope you are too. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow on January 6th? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? On the off chance that I die, I bequeath this podcast to my best friend, Matt Walker. And all proceeds go to him. And, uh... Yeah, I don't think I'll die. I hope I don't die. But um, stay safe, everybody. Love each other. Um, yeah. The CCP is the boogeyman. They are out to kill you. Make sure that you get arms and water and food because they are coming and we are going to have to kill them all. But aside from that, Happy New Year's, everybody. Stay safe and uh, see you on the other side. Peace.